cameras and we are live hey guys welcome back to dallas geek i'm brad that's mike and we talk about nerdy stuff how y'all doing today we do huh, pretty nerdy yeah I I, we i'd say we're, we're pretty dang nerdy I, th I thought we were talking about the geopolitical climate of the modern no 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 definitely no. not talking that uh <laughs> <laughs> um, huh. So, so any... I don't really have much to contribute today then. Well, okay then. Uh, I guess we'll have to just kind of wing it. Uh, All right. Yeah. yeah we um, do plenty of that. Yeah. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, um, this weirdness is uh, kind of what we do all the time. But definitely, if you like it, don't forget to like us over on Facebook and follow us and of course like and subscribe over on YouTube and if you like our stuff but don't always have time for the videos you can always find the audio for our live streams and our interviews over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Play and Stitcher so you know uh, plenty of places. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, Mike, what are we talking about today? Well, I thought we were talking about the geopolitical climate that most millennials will be growing up with in the next 15 to 20 years, but... No, no, uh, I, I, I thought we were going to be talking about uh, your favorite director of all time. I will stab you. <laughs> I will stab you hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we are talking about uh, 300 and the uh, the ever mm, controversial, Divisive. I guess, Zack Snyder. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, I, think, yeah, I if, think divisive is a very good term. That's fair. Uh, so if you have not seen one of these episodes uh, of ours before, uh, we have a series uh, that we've been doing for a little while now uh, called uh, Does It Still Hold Up? We take a look oh, and at... Oh, you're, you're welcome for that, Brad. You're welcome for that. <laughs> uh, we take a look at movies that were very popular uh, at the time that they came out, and of course, very nerdy. And we see if they would hold up under today's movie audience, uh, we'll say scrutiny. Um, and there's really no movie that is out, uh, out of bounds for us. Uh, so we are willing to go after all of the great and uh, beloved movies from your childhood and ours. Uh, and today, great movies, we're going after 300. 300 in here. This was, what, middle school for us, Mike? No, this not was not high to school, date ourselves too hard? I think this was high school. Pretty sure this was high school. This might have been out of high school. No, it wasn't out of high school. Um, no, it, then it was definitely in high school. So this was 2006. So this was right at the end of high school. For us. Wait, wait, what... Wait, hang on. What month? <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, uh, so 300. Uh, you have a lot of people that love this movie, uh, especially your uh, 
teenage boy demo, uh, boys okay, high March, school college March age. March 9th, 2000. Yeah. So. <laughs> March hey, 9th. we so got still, we have still Aaron superior. over in the Facebook chat real fast, and yes, we do have the uh, uh, blue Raycons uh, over with me. Unfortunately, not sponsored by them, but uh, guys, if you see us, uh, please feel free to throw us some free pairs or some money or whatever. Why don't you just you say that them? you're sponsored by them and we're good. And That's how that works, right? Yeah, 300 no, not is... Not how that works? No? I, I feel like 300 is one of those movies that today is like mandatory viewing for just about everybody uh, that goes through uh, their violent movie streak in high school and college. Like, every guy and, what, half of the girls uh, feel the need uh, to see and just indulge in 300. Wow, way to go out on a limb and, you know, generalize people, Brad. Good job. I mean, it, it's kind of right up there with Fight Club and Boondock Saints as just mandatory viewing once you hit, you know, your, your mid to upper teens. Like, I, I feel like that's just... A, uh, this movie's one of those givens. Fight Club, Boondock Saints, 300... Yeah, all overrated. Agreed. Same category. Wow. Uh, well, good thing you weren't hey, on hey, uh, when hey. uh, Kyla and I talked about both of those, because, you hey, know... They tune in, and they pay me for my hot takes, so that's what I do. Wait, Is that what, what we're calling what? Uh, calling this now from you? Your hot take? Wait, wait. Jeez. What do you mean they don't pay me? We're not uh, getting paid for this? No, 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 no. You're, you're still missing over the fact that what we're assuming is coming out of your mouth is uh, good enough to be considered a hot take. I, I'm, I'm still trying to find the justification for, you know, any of that right now. I mean, if you want, if you want the justification, I mean, just... So, um, since you seem so opinionated, Mike, do you think 300 would hold up today? <sighs> Come on. You and I both know you love you some shirtless Gerard Butler. Go, go ahead. What were you about to say? <laughs> My heart says no because... I just don't get the appeal of Zack Snyder. I don't. I don't get it. Watchmen was good, but he deviated from the source material to a point where it almost... The ending that they came up with for the Watchmen film, like, literally takes away completely from the ending of the Watchmen comic. Yeah. Um, so that's your complaint, is it deviates from the source material, so you can't agree with it. No, no, no. No, what I was going to say was was that Zack Snyder... It... God, how do I put this very politely? I think Zack Snyder is a crap filmmaker. Personally. I, I, I think, think he can make things... I think what you're trying to say is... Hashtag Snyder Cut? Alright, look, you know what? I'm done here. <laughs> No. Um, look, uh, the fact that this guy has been referred to as a visionary, mm -hmm. as 
I just, I don't get it. I don't. I, I said, I will tell you the same thing that I said when I walked out of the theater when I saw 300. Visually, it was stunning. That's about all I got for you. Okay. But the fact that there is such a movement to see his cut of the Justice League movie, which I don't know why anybody would want to see that after sitting through two hours and 40 minutes of Batman v Superman. Um, it'll hold up because some dumbass will think that it's a masterpiece because there's deep allegories built into it that nobody else would see or understand except for a true Snyder fan and because Snyder's a visionary director. So, are you telling me that the there wasn't any benefit that came uh, out of 300 and Zack Snyder's work on it for the rest of cinema for the late 2000s? Like, nothing good come, came out of it that could justify this movie's existence. Gerard Butler had a career because of it? Uh, I, excuse me, sir. He has a career because of it. There is no past tense there. Look at his IMDb real quick and tell me he still has a career. Wow. We got some that's right. really hard uh, Gerard Butler hate going on. and that that's I am taking shots at everybody today. Nobody's safe. Well, let's go ahead and just say uh, Lena Headey uh, came out of 300 doing very well for herself. And you can't say that, that uh, 300 wasn't a big part of that. I mean, yeah, Look, Game I, of yeah, Thrones I mean, later, but I'd be willing to argue without 300, Game of Thrones would have never happened for her. I, uh, that's, uh, I hate to make that argument because who... Mm, I, just, I always hate seeing those arguments being made. Uh, unless, like, it is specifically stated, like in the case of Neil Patrick Harris playing Barney Stinson in How I Met Your Mother, where it's been reported multiple times by the writers and the showrunner and the director, Pam Fryman, that he was specifically chosen for that role because of how he portrayed himself in Harold and Kumar Go White Castle. <laughs> okay, fair. Um... <laughs> But no, I mean, I would be very willing to say that 300 would be would still be highly well received if it came out today for the first time. Uh, yeah, nostalgia the, the, aside, that's why I, I think there is a massive market for, um, especially especially in times where life just sucks. Uh, there is a massive market for the uh, hyper violent hypersexualized uh, action flick where all people want to do is see a bunch of hot people uh, men and women all across the screen just going out and beating the hell out of each other I sure. so I, I would say that it would do just as well today uh, because it, it still speaks to the same demographic okay so let's um I feel like there's somebody that's done hyper over-the-top violence and sexual content a thousand times better than Zack Snyder. Who would that... Whoa, whoa. 
Whoa. Could possibly. Are you about to give a compliment to Michael Bay? Alright, I'm about to punch you through this. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're lucky the sensor button didn't work, Brad. You're lucky we couldn't figure out the sensor button. Uh, well, there's maybe a next time. Yeah. There's a director I feel like that's made a career out of almost cartoonish levels of violence, but yet actually makes good movies. And that would be... You being serious right now, or are you just trying to troll me? I don't know. Am I? I hate you. I hate you more than anything in the world right now. <laughs> so, uh, so look, yes, I but get for, the argument. For the audience the, out there, who, who, who are we referring to here? Quentin Tarantino. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say it's not the same thing. Yes, Tarantino no, no, does the hyper-violent, well, well, but you need the hyper-violent and the hyper-sexualized aspects to be able to make the type of film that speaks to this specific demographic in the way that 300 does. And Tarantino gets one of those, but then instead of going for the hyper-sexualized, he tends to throw in a lot of dark comedy instead, which is fantastic, but that that speaks to a different set of needs that the movie-going audience, I think, is always going to have. So they, they so I, I, that, I see them uh, as complementary rather than competing uh, styles. So I would say that on the hyper-sexualized, that both Zed and the Gimp would argue with you. And Ving Rhames, for that matter. Wow. <laughs> wow, you're, you're, you're bringing Ving into this. Okay, uh, okay, okay. I, I see where this is going. <laughs> All right, look, look. No, I look, I get it. I get that there's... There... So Zack Snyder right now is the modern Michael Bay, right? He's the... We're just going to blow a bunch of crap up, and it's going to look cool, and there's going to be over-the-top violence and over-the-top sexualized, you know, characterizations of women and men and that kind of stuff. And sure. it'll look pretty, because I can, because I know how to hold a camera steady, and I know how to sh put a good shot on the screen, but I don't have shit for storytelling. Oh, sorry. 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 <laughs> sorry. Uh-huh. I don't have poop for storytelling. Um... Or plot narrative. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. That that phrasing actually feels dirtier in some way. I, I, <laughs> I... So you're telling me to swear as much as I want. Got it. So look here. <laughs> no, look for me. For me, Zack Snyder is look. Zack Snyder. I think Michael Bay is a fair comparison, just with more over stylized violence. Well, yeah, like no, I, I mean, I would, I would be like, willing to argue that Zack Snyder is very much a follower of the Michael Bay school of uh, directing. However, I, I think they, they <laughs> offer something different. While, while, while I'd be willing to say Zack Snyder wouldn't have a career without Michael Bay, I think he did find enough of a niche separate from Bay's style that eh, love him or hate him, it's kind of hard to not say that a Zack Snyder of some kind is necessary. Like, the, Look, his kind of over-the-top, genuinely corny 
uh, dialogue and just minimal substance is just necessary uh, in movies at least once every couple years just to look and keep just to keep it going honestly look and let's be honest this is also the guy that conned Warner Brothers into giving him three shots at both Superman well three shots at Superman and two shots at Batman would you really call it conning because I'd say that is one of the best damn salesmen I've ever seen uh, to be able to Con, get that kind of yes. deal out of Warner Con, Brothers yes Yes, out of con. Warner Brothers. Come on. Well, at this point, look, it looks like Warner Brothers can't pull their hat out of their own ass to figure out what the hell they're doing. And it kind of felt that way when we all found out that Zack Snyder was directing a Superman movie. Let's be 100% real. I mean, we're not talking about... Uh, we're not talking about Man of Steel today. That's a whole different topic. <laughs> so, look, well, look, people will sit there and say that visually, you know... Look, and I agree, visually he makes pretty movies, but they have no substance. I mean, it's... Sorry, it's like a pretty girl that gets, like, a 300 on her SAT. Like, at the end of the day, do I really wow, want to... Wow, I feel like that's... That? I feel like that's overly harsh. I mean... I think Zack... I don't think Zack Snyder is necessarily... I would never call him an artistic genius. But I think there he knows exactly work. who he's ca his movies cater to, and I think he has perfected that style in a way that no other directors can quite figure out. Like, I, I think he has Look. perfected his niche. Love him or hate him, I, I think 300 especially defined the niche, and then every movie he's done since other than the uh, the DC movies, has been just continuations of it to prove that the niche holds up and sells tickets and continues to justify what he started. So, so I'm not going to give him credit for Watchmen because it was a beloved graphic novel before he ever got his hands on it. I'm not. Like, he doesn't get credit for Watchmen as far as I'm concerned. So now let's take Watchmen out of the equation. Just for argument's sake, let's remove Watchmen and all the DC stuff. So we'll remove all of the superhero stuff, right? Well, if he can't get credit for Watchmen, then who does? Because, you know, even Alan Moore doesn't want to take credit for Watchmen. So somebody has to. And that should say something! I mean, granted, you're never t getting Alan Moore to take credit for anything that anybody adapts of his work. But, once again, Especially, different topic. So which one... Which one? So which one do you think Alan Moore hates more, V for Vendetta or Watchmen? Oh, or League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? You know, I think we need to actually do an entire in-depth uh, deep dive on Alan Moore and try to explain why he despises adaptations of his work and yet continues to sell them. <laughs> right. Like, I, I feel like that's look, actually something we need to do. <laughs> so look, uh, so look, let's, let's, so I want to take away, uh, so... Let's take out all of the, um, let's take the, let's take the superhero stuff out, right? So yeah. let's just, on the merit of outside superheroes, let's run through his films. Okay. Which, by the way, do you remember what his original, what, what his first motion picture was before 300? Oh, geez. Uh... 
I'll, I'll, I will I give you a hint. This. It's a, it is a trash remake of an absolutely beloved classic. It's a horror movie, and not just because of how bad it was. Oh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Yes. Hey, remember Garbage. he he did a lot of. Uh... I mean, he came up the same way a lot of other uh, big-name directors did, doing music videos even before that. So, I mean, he... I mean, true. True. Huh? I said true. Very true. He paid his dues, just like um, Francis Lawrence, a couple of other guys. Michael but... Bay. Oh, there's a guy that... Huh? Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Bay. Actually, fun fact, Michael Bay actually filmed the first ever Got Milk commercial. Which actually, first time I heard that, kind of surprised me. But looking back at it, oh, it does. Eh, I, 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 I got if, it. If if you go back and watch it, the cinematography, the the style and cinematography literally screams his name. But just <laughs> so Dawn of the Dead to three hundred, right? Mm. Watchmen, Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul or Gahul or however you say that. Sure. And then here's the one that was the absolute train wreck, Sucker Punch. Okay. Then we go into Man of Steel, Justice League, Batman v Superman. So if you take out the comic stuff, which people are already divided on horribly. Mm -hmm. And you just look at the stuff that is just of his own, I guess, creation. Sure. There ain't much substance there, man. But I mean, you could say that about plenty of other directors uh, that have Name the em. same number of uh, films under their belt as he does. I mean... Name them. Name them. Go ahead. Name them. <laughs> I mean, how many movies does he actually have under his belt? Just let, let's start from that. How many movies does he actually have? Eight. Okay. And how many other directors who have eight movies under their belt uh, can you really say have done all that many uh, wholly unique pieces? Don't don't include like Spielberg or Lucas or. Uh, Scorsese or the the big names, just any other directors. How many in their first eight films can you really say half or most of their movies were entirely unique to them? So I will bring up the guy that they should have given the Justice League franchise to. The guy that literally just made what is arguably not only the greatest comic book trilogy of our time, of all time, but people that actually say The Dark Knight is actually one of the top 50 greatest films of all time. You wanted to see that style of Justice League? Yes. Because really? it would have been done by... Because, because Zack Snyder tried to do it. And Zack Snyder can't tell a compelling story. Christopher Nolan can just to try to cut this tangent uh, off a little bit short, 
I think that if we got a an attempt at grounding the Justice League uh, in any semblance of reality, it would have been horrible. And even, I mean, everything that came after uh, Man of Steel stopped trying to be that grounded uh, with, with how they portrayed the superheroes. So I would be willing to say that it's not... Did it? That wouldn't be a fair comparison uh, to say no one so, could do it. So let me ask you, did it really? Because Batman v Superman tried to paint Bruce Wayne as a very human, very flawed human being. Sure. But they even how Zack much Snyder what happened even, in that movie? Or would you say uh, would fit with a grounded in reality rather than just dark and over the top uh, action movie? Well, considering the fact that. A big theme of both Man of Steel and Batman v Superman is the humanity of Clark Kent. A lot. And yet all the successful DC movies were the ones that didn't do any of that. Well, no, they did it, they just did it better. Really? You're gonna tell me that Aquaman and Shazam are grounded in reality? And serious. So I didn't see Aquaman. But you've seen Shazam, Shazam. Did the magic thing. Shazam did the magic thing very well. And actually, what made it so good is that it didn't take itself so seriously. Yeah, neither did Aquaman. And that's that's the point. Uh, DC... Again, I still haven't The only seen DC movie that's ever going to do well trying to be grounded and serious is Batman. Most of the other uh, superheroes in the DC lineup can't be taken that seriously in cinematic form because it goes against who they are as a character. I mean, even Wonder Woman, so, while serious-er, was still uh, enough, uh, had enough of a, a fantasy element to it that it kept, it kept true to her character. So, but we're so going off my, on a tangent here, count, and if we well, really want to dive just, into the DCEU, we can do that next time. <laughs> yes, but to counter that very quickly before we get back to 300, it would work because Zack Snyder did it once with Watchmen. Because you had all characters with no powers that were grounded in reality, and then you literally had God. And he actually was able to balance it. Now, it could just be that it was a different writing team that did But he actually did it there. And there was a little bit of what he tried to do in 300 as well. So, like there was are you telling me that you think Zack Snyder can be a good director? And that's justification somebody, for 300? If somebody reigns his self-serving ass in and doesn't let him make a four-hour movie, yes. Well, I mean, how long was 300? We had... Less than two hours. Less than two hours. So, it, what you're telling me is if Zack Snyder's movies are short, sweet, and to the point, they can be good. Which is the very definition of 300. Yeah. Short and sweet. So you're telling me that you think 300 was a good film and would be good today. So let me, I will put it to you this way. Cinematography and actual visuals, yes. Anything to actually say, no. Now, the argument we'll come back to, is he one of the directors that 
doesn't you're back necessarily... Pedaling. You're, you're, you're trying to backpedal. You're, you're trying to find any excuse just to not have to admit that you actually think 300 was a good film that would be uh, like today. Just just no, admit it. No. Just, just admit it. Because you know as well as I do, admitting is the first step in recovery. It's okay uh -huh. to like Zack Snyder. Uh-huh. It's okay, Mike. Trust me. Just yeah. embrace that side of you. Uh-huh. Anyway. Uh, no, look, what I will tell you is, is, would it hold up today with modern audiences? Yes. It would. It would still be a successful film today. It's not a good film. It's not. Oh. Like, very... Oh. I'm, I'm going to go back to shirtless Gerard Butler any day and say that that's enough justification <laughs> for his existence. I mean, I guess if, if you want something to aspire to physically, yes, 100%. Aspire to, look at, envy, all the above, I mean. Right, but then when you're sure. sitting there drinking a 35-ounce soda and eating four hot dogs and a large popcorn, you just look down at yourself and you're like, well, damn it. I mean, I feel like that that one is more uh, a you problem than a him problem. Wow. <laughs> That's where you want to take it. Wow. <laughs> hey, I'm not the one that threw out the, uh, the, the, the movie theater menu there. Mm -hmm. No, look, what I will say is, is that 300, I, look, I don't think it's a particularly well-made film. I don't think it really necessarily has something to say that's revolutionary or groundbreaking. But visually, the guy puts pretty pictures on screen. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. I don't think anybody would argue with that. I think the guy, cinematography-wise, is actually probably one of the better ones in the business when he's not getting super self-serving and trying to put in allegories to Jesus and everything like that. Like, this all throughout the Man of Steel and Batman v Superman films. So what um, you're saying is... You like it no no I'm not saying that what I'm saying is is that you have a you have a fan base that literally petitioned for and got a release for a director's cut of a film five years after it's it originally came out and there are stupid people in the world Brad that's what I'm saying Stupid people like how stupid many shit. years apart were the various uh, cuts of Blade Runner released? That's actually a good question. I don't know. You're talking about like the ultimate cut, the director's cut, the theatrical cut, cut all that stuff. Yeah, I'd be willing so that to say, I hey, five years in between uh, for a new cut of the movie. Surprisingly, not all that insane by Hollywood standards. So, okay, fair, but what is insane is the fact that they had to spend $30 million to finish it. So, I mean, sure. I'm not saying that it's... I'm, I'm not saying that it's necessarily going to be a good decision when it comes out. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be the movie that everybody thinks it's going to be. But, I mean, just overall, I can't really say that the move is terribly unprecedented. I Fair. just say it's been more vigorous. <laughs> that's that's a very polite way to put it. Uh, um, no, look, that's that's a fair argument, I guess. Look, I just 
Hey, as long as in the process of trying to get the Snyder Cut, uh, we don't have some genius out there going, well, in order to get the Snyder Cut, we must uh, hashtag cancel uh, Joss Whedon. Um, I, I don't care, honestly. No, but, the fan base already did that, if you don't remember the backlash for Whedon coming on to finish the film. Yeah, no, they, they uh, had backlash against him, but they didn't try to outright cancel him. They just tried to say that his cut was uh, not the movie they wanted, which is fine. Uh, I, I would be willing to say, well, if, they didn't, if the fan base didn't want that particular cut of it, then... You know, they should have all uh, banded together at the time and said, we'll be willing to wait however long it takes to get the the real cut the first time. But, I mean, yeah, look, you that's, didn't that's fair. hear cries think, about that at the time. So, this is also the fan base that, uh, this is also the fan base that showed that uh, Batman v Superman wasn't exactly the film that they wanted with the box office returns. Well. And with that, I feel like we've gone on enough tangents because that was what number eight nine so far so yeah uh yeah, yeah let, let's let's go ahead and just uh hit the big uh hit the big one here and just say question of the day what do you guys think do you think that 300 would do well today do you think it if it was released today you would go see it um do More you importantly, think that either of us do you disagree with about Mike that Zack Snyder really is a good director? And uh, if so, please vehemently tell him in the comments. We, we'd love to hear from you. Remember, Brad, I now have access to the social media accounts for this little yeah, project that we're doing. You, you keep making that threat. I'll, I'll worry about it when the time comes. By that point, Brad, it'll be too late. Just like with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And with that, guys, thank you so very much for joining us. If you've made it this far, we love having y'all here. Uh, we love you, and more importantly, we want to keep hearing your thoughts on everything that we talk about. And definitely, if you like us, don't forget to share us with your friends, because we'd like to get their thoughts on all this, too. Uh, just help hey, spread hey, whoa, the whoa, word. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Number one, don't speak for me. I don't love these people. They're not me. Number two, I don't care what them or their friends think. They're not me. Number three, <laughs> don't forget to like us over on Facebook if you have not already. And, of course, like and subscribe over on YouTube because the necessary shilling is, well, necessary. And of course, if you like our videos but do not have time to watch the videos every time, the audio for our live streams and our interviews are all available over on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and of course, Stitcher, uh, for the handful of you that use Stitcher. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, Man, with oof, that. going after the Stitcher crowd there. Eh, we don't have that big of a following on Stitcher, so I'm not too worried about it. But uh, Apple, Google, and Spotify love us, so thanks, guys. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, I mean, who and... doesn't love me? Come on. <laughs> and, of course, uh, don't forget to join us next time. Uh, we got some more fun topics to be able to jump on to, and... Uh, 
see just can we, can how many we can go through before I can finally get Mike to just lose it uh, live on camera. So um, can we can we can we tease what we want to do next week if everything falls into place? Well, feel free. Uh, I, I feel like it is only fair. There may or may not be somebody joining us on the show uh, that Brad and I both have a large amount of admiration and respect for, not because we used to work for him. Um, <laughs> uh, whose opinion we somewhat, you know, value. Um, we just need to show him the error of his ways. Uh, speak for yourself. I generally agree with him. So, you know. Wow. And, of course, okay. if we can make this work out, what will we be talking about with him? Uh, so he, uh, along with other people, mm -hmm. is in the camp that Star Wars was bastardized and ruined by uh, the purchase of Disney. Um, and I would argue that you peasants should all get down on your knees and thank God every day that J.J. Abrams saved that franchise from what George Lucas did to it. Okay, let's uh, let, let's leave uh, a little room for the, uh, the the hate in the comments for your J.J. love uh, for next time. So uh, <laughs> with that, guys, thank you once again for joining us. As always, I'm Brad, that's Mike, we are Dallas Geek, and until next time, see ya. Bye!